Hey mama, my name's Diana Ballard and welcome to the Mom Training Podcast. Prior to becoming a mom, I realized that if I wanted to continue living a life of passion, adventure, and fulfillment, I needed to learn from people who lived that way while having a family. In 2012, I started interviewing any mom that would talk to me. After hundreds of interviews, I found a pattern that the moms who struggled less all had similar foundational skill sets, mindsets, and habits. I started Mom Training, our live workshops, and the Mom Training podcast to continue my research process in a way that included other moms and families. My goal is to help other moms increase their joy, love, and fulfillment by creating an environment where we can learn and thrive together. Come learn the skill sets and strategies for a happy home, peaceful relationships, inspiration to be your best self, and more than enough time to do what you love while enjoying your family. Welcome to the Mom Training Community, where we learn, cry, and laugh together as we navigate motherhood. I'm Diana, and I'm so happy that you're here with me. Hey, ladies, welcome to the Mom Training Podcast. Today, we're going to talk to Nellie Hardin about really supporting and helping our children grow in their worth and esteem, while also confronting perfectionism and comparison in the world today. Teens right now already have it hard enough with their adjusting hormones, the changes in their body, the different, you know, learning who they are, who they want to be around, what they want to do with their lives, right? So what can we do as parents to truly help them know that they are of worth and have a self-esteem that's going to help sustain them through success in the rest of their life? So Nellie, welcome to the podcast today. And please tell us a little bit more about yourself and about um, your four cute daughters and what you do. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. This is awesome and look forward to our conversation today. And yeah, so uh, I am a wife and a mom. Um, I do have four daughters, four teenage daughters right now who are 18, 15, 15, and 13. So, you know, we really are in the heavy hitter, you know, part of this uh, adolescent time of parenting ourselves. And this is also what I do for a living. So last night I was actually speaking to a group of, uh, I don't know, 25 plus or so um, young women. And we were going around, I was like, this is my life in and outside of family and professional and everything is, is all of you. So, um, but I love it. I, I, obviously was a young, uh, young woman myself. And, you know, I was a young woman that I, I couldn't have, you know, understood or known or had the language or understanding at the time, but I really was not ready to leave home when I did. And when we are so many times in culture, and I think it's happening even more today, I don't know, in a different dialect than it was earlier, but we are releasing our kids out into the world instead of launching them out into the world. And there's a really big difference there. Um, You know, you just open the gates or you give them the vehicles and the tools in order to actually survive and thrive out there. Right. And so um, for myself, what happens if this, you know, what happened when this foundation of, you know, worth and steam and confidence really wasn't uh, firmed up and established before I left home. And I left home at 17. I was a little early um, and I went to college. 
um, you find yourself really chasing worth every time or everywhere you can find it. And especially for young women, that's a really, really dangerous place to be for young men too. But I would say even more so for the vulnerable young women out there, right? If you're chasing your worth, you're trying to find it validated in relationships in academics and accolades and work and you name it. And it can lead down some really broken roads that then take weeks, months, years, possibly decades, like it was in my situation to try and heal from. And then it really leaches into everything that you're trying to build as an adult. And when you realize these things, then as an adult, you're trying to make this foundation for yourself of worth, esteem, and confidence. And let me tell you from personal experience, it is so much harder to build it as an adult than it is to have it built and build it uh, yourself partnered with your parents and your family and your community when you're uh, in your adolescent period because of brain development and how the brain is developing during that adolescent time period versus how it is developed in your adult period. And so that, you know, I went through all of that and then I turned around, I was like, I had four, you know, four young women, four and under nipping at my heels. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, we really need to do what we can in this very, you know, protected limited time of impact that we have as parents of this 6,570 days, which is how many days are in 18 years. And so that's why we have the 6570 family project. And, you know, I call parents architects because we're building, designing, and planning the beginning of someone else's life. And when we do that, we can build this foundation that then they can launch from lean on, stand on, sleep on whatever they need to for the rest of their lives and continue to grow from there. Um, so that's a little bit about myself and how I came to be where I am now. Wow. I'll tell you a lot of those things you said were like mind blowing, launching your kids into the world instead of releasing them like, holy, holy moly, like what a difference that makes in someone's life to be given an opportunity to soar instead of like, good luck, jump off that cliff, find yep. out what it's like to hit the bottom and then build your way back up. You yep. Know? Yep. That, exactly. that is a painful way of, of growth. And yeah. another thing that really stood out to me is when you said like, you know, later on in say our age group now here, we're moms and we're trying to like build up our own worth and self-esteem and confidence and stuff still, right? Like we're right. like a constant effort. Um, you know, those neurotransmitters in our brain, like they've been, they've been, you know, programmed one way and like, you know, it, it is possible to go and and change those things. And, you know, but while the brain's growing and developing and really making those solid beliefs about, you know, ourselves and our life, like what a crazy important time to try to instill that they are worth it. And absolutely. It's just amazing. So what are the basic components of worth and like, how can we help our kids feel these needs, uh, you know, in their, in their day-to-day -day life? So just like what you were saying there too. So for you and I, everyone listening and all of our kids and anyone that's ever existed, there's really five pieces of worth and my, my entire work is exactly at the cross-section of biology, psychology, and uh, faith and culture, because one of the things that I think 
if parents just grasped or knew the slightest bit about brain chemistry, they would have so much more grace and understanding for their kids, right? Like we were talking a little bit before you were talking about decisions, right? Just this or this. And why did you make that decision, you know, type of thing. And well, we if we understood the brain chemistry a little bit uh, more of what's happening uh, to them and in their inside their heads during this adolescent period, we would understand more why they made that. And if you look at an adult brain and an adolescent's brain, they are very, very, very different. And it's hard for us as adults to look at that sometimes because you see, especially today, you see a 15 year old or a 16 year old and you're, you're like, they're just a, you know, tiny bit shorter version of an adult. So they should definitely know how to make good decisions, know how to do this and that and everything else. And I don't understand why they wouldn't, but just because they look like, a, you know, slightly smaller, sometimes not. I mean, I know, you know, eighth graders that are much taller than me, but um, even so they are not an adult yet. And therefore they are still very much in the training zone. So if we can take these five components of worth that I'll tell you in a second that you and I both need, but are super electrified for them in the frontal lobe of their brains during this time, then we can really start to help them develop and build into this worthiness. And so these five components are uh, so that they are seen and heard and loved, and belong, and have a purpose. Okay, so seen, heard, love, belong, purpose. And really, if you think about, I mean, I, I had to go on a long, longer car ride this morning for a couple of hours for something, and I was listening to um, some news and some talk radio and everything. And all when you listen to that, there's some really great stories and inspiring, but a lot of times it's like this problem and this problem and this problem, and let's not forget this problem, right? But when it comes down to all of these problems that that are being instigated and started by so many of us messy humans, right? It usually comes down to one of those pieces of worth is not being fulfilled and they're trying to fulfill it in an unhealthy way, right? So if you think about uh, people that aren't seen, they feel invisible, right? They feel invisible. And then people that aren't heard, they just feel ignored. And there is a difference between being invisible and being ignored. Invisible is you don't even exist, right? You don't even feel like you're there. Being ignored is you are there, but people are purposely ignoring you purposely, then turning it back to you and saying, no, both of them super painful in different ways, right? So that's seen and heard and then loved unloved, right? That's the opposite of that uh, is, is these kids, these teens, these early uh, young adults feeling unloved. And then there is to belong. The opposite of that is going to be rejection, right? I belong or I don't belong, i.e. rejected. And then, and you know, my oldest is going off to college uh, in um, just next month. And so we went through the whole college application process and everything. And, you know, so many of her friends, you know, yay or nay, or what have you, my daughter, she applied to one college because she only had her eyes set on one. That's all she wanted to do. Thank goodness. She got in, she did great. She got in the honors program she's in, but there were so many stories of rejection, rejection, rejection. And it's these schools saying you don't belong here. Right. And so that is a really common story in uh in the adolescent time frame especially in the later training zone and there was even uh 
a speech that was given at my daughter's high school graduation. And it was this young woman who was so brutally hurt by not getting into her dream school that her speech then was, I tried so hard all four of my years and I didn't get in. And now I feel like I've wasted everything. So the moral of her story was don't try so hard because there's no guarantee that you'll get somewhere. And we walked out of that speech going, Oh no, you know, I felt so bad for her, but I also felt so bad for the hundreds of students that that message, you know, fell on their ears to as well. And so there's a lot of pain and hurt that can come from, and that's just one small, you know, example of how they can feel rejected today or not belong. And then there's purpose and is the, that last component. And if they don't feel a purpose and the purpose can be my big old life purpose, or it can be, you know, what am I going to do tomorrow in order to help, you know, my future self or help other people. So purposes is, is micro and macro there, but there's a lot of kids out there that are just like, why, why am I here? There's no purpose in me being here. Right? So if there's no purpose in me being here, then I might as well you know, run amok and I might as well do this or I might as well, you know, cause some sort of stir because I don't feel like I'm here to cause a positive stir. So I'll cause a negative stir. Right. And so these are just these five components of worth, which if you look at this foundation of worth, esteem and confidence, it's like a three tiered cake, if you will. And so that worth, that base there is really, really important. So just looking at your, you know, your child, whether they are six or whether they are nine or 14 or 18 or what, or even older and saying, how can I help you feel seen, heard, love, belong, and have a purpose, right? And there's some really easy ways you can do that. And then there's, you know, some bigger, uh, more complex ways um, that you can do that too, that we can get into if you want. Wow. Well, and I, you know, I was thinking about like the rejection thing and like mm. the, you know, the dating scene from yes. elementary school, which is ridiculous. <laughs> like thinking about, oh, so ridiculous. Through, you know, how much rejection comes from that. And, you know, I feel like kids are getting younger and younger of like falling in love and doing all these things. Right. And it makes me realize like, man, like, just wait a minute. Like, you know, yeah. brain can handle like even the rejection of that, you know, because yeah. it just, man, I'm just thinking about how much kids go through during that learning period. And like, they get, they get bombed by like yeah. a lot of things, you know, like, wow, it's just mind blowing. But yeah, if you want to go in a little bit more, um, this is all very interesting about, um, you know, I, I would love to hear more about like the purpose like what, um, how you can show a kid that they have purpose, you know, to have the hope in the future that they, they do have something to look forward to. Like, let's dive in a little bit more about that. Okay. And I think one of the, and I'll speak to families that have more than one child, and then I can speak to families that only have one child too. Um, but I think one of the easiest ways we can do this in a family is to talk about roles, right? And so I look at a family as a team, right? We're all parents are the team captains for sure. 
Um, but the family is really a team. And when you can get those team members to help one another out, it is such a beautiful thing. And, you know, it's, it's one of those when the tide rises, all ships rise, you know, kind of scenarios. And so helping them realize their role and what they can do in that. So as a big sister, big brother, little sister, little brother, right? Whatever that is. And so right now, like I said, mine are 18, 15, 15, 13. So there is some things that some of my 15 year olds are going through that my 18 year old like struggled through a couple of years ago. And she can speak to it specific to that school, specific to even some of those people directly, because there was some overlapping there, specific to those teachers or what have you in a way that I can't, right? And so I can go to my 18-year-old and say, listen, I could really use your help here. You know, um, one of your sisters is feeling, you know, this way and she's overwhelmed. She is a little upset about some of these things. What wisdom can you bestow uh, on her? Do you think you could? you know, go out to lunch or something this week and have some time. Right. And then they do. And then they have that, you know, richer bond between them. And then that uh, gives my older one such mentoring purpose. And it's, it's just a really beautiful thing to see that happen. And now, you know, my oldest daughter is going off to college and she is going into psychiatry because what does she want to do? She wants to become a therapist for um, adolescent young women. And so, you know, it's just this really neat purpose-driven um, uh, job, if you will, that you can give them and talk about and really bring your team, aka family, together. And that can happen in a lot of different situations. So we had in our home, um, my husband actually almost passed away um, and, and he had some uh, health issues when my kids were 422 and newborn. And so we had to have some really big, like, talks, even when they are my, my newborn, not so much, but my four and two year olds, like we had to have some, you know, big talks and, and what's going to happen and what does this look like? And how do I need your help? And there's this misnomer out there that we're raising kids, right? But we're not raising kids. We're raising people and we, yeah. they can handle and they can talk about, and they can contribute so much more than we give them credit for. And I'm not just talking about going and getting the diapers, right. Or going and grabbing the wipes, which are super important as well, um, to have those little helpers 100%, but also, Hey, you know, I, I remember talking to my daughters when they were five, six years old and saying, and them saying, Hey, how are you mommy? You know? And I'm like, it doesn't have to be, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Right. It can be, you know, I'm having kind of a, a hard day and I'm really, really tired. Do you think you could, you know, help me out and do something here? Sure. Right. And just giving them this purpose, right? Because you're working together. And that has been able to follow us from the time that they were 422 and newborn all the way to now. And I see it, you know, manifesting in different ways as we're getting older as well as well, I guess I'm getting older too. I think they're getting older. I'm just not. So <laughs> I'm just going to stick with that. Um, so, uh, but anyway, and so things like chores, right. Come into that. And you think about chores is like, Oh, I have these chores I have to do, but instead of framing them that way, 
I, you know, I really try to frame with my kids, this is your contribution to the home that we all share and live in, right? And I need you to do your part so everyone else can do their part as well. And it's your contribution and we rely on you for that, right? We need you to do that so we can all thrive here. And so just reframing things instead of them being like this, you know, just a thing to do, um, but really reframing them in this is, you know, this is the way that you get to step up in our family in order to help us all out. Right. So those are just a couple of examples there. And then of course there's the bigger, you know, having discussions with them, having one-on-one time with them. What do you see yourself doing? Talking about their gifts, talking about their unique talents and how they can be pursued and used in the world in a unique way that only they can contribute to. I'm so excited to implement these things that you're talking about. I'm like, oh yeah, these are good. I'm taking notes right now. I'm like, <laughs> this is, I don't know. This is just something, this is why us moms need to continually connect with other people's ideas about, and like expertise about different areas. Like, yeah. I, I don't think I would have like thought for myself, hey, you know what? I'm gonna like work on my kid's self-esteem and worth and I know exactly how to do it. Right. So it's like being able to hear you say these things. I'm like, Oh, I could do that. I could do one-on-ones. I could say, Hey, like, so what are you thinking about? Like even my eight-year-old right now, like even in like in her prayers at night, she's like, please help me know what I need to do with my life. I'm like, Whoa, Aww. like, um, you're eight. Like, yeah, you know, that is getting bigger. Like I'm realizing more and more that she is, she is really mature for yeah. even a little, like she's a little person. Like you were saying, like, she's not just a kid. She's a, she's a human, like a person that's, that's growing up, you know? Um, and you know, to be able to really foster that of like, Hey, I, you know, have you thought more about that? Tell me about it. And like really being there to just listen and kind of, help that, that thought process go and then feel validated just in their thoughts, you know, Mm. because I feel like that's one way that self-esteem can definitely be hit is when you come up with ideas or you have thoughts and someone's like, no, that's dumb. Don't do right. I would be like, Hey, have you thought of it? You know, maybe, you know, maybe it is an idea that's not the smartest. Right. So you say, Hey, well, you know what, here's a couple of the problems with this idea, like, could we maybe brainstorm another one? Right. And try to keep it, um, or massage that one until it works. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So I guess, um, what, what does esteem self-esteem actually look like? Like what are, what is the main goal of like wanting them to, or even ourselves, like, what is the main goal of esteem? And like, what, what does that really look like? I want to get there, but I also promised I would say something about the families that only have one kiddo. And so I want to stay in my integrity and and deliver on that. Um, And then we'll get to esteem real quick. But um, one of the things that you can do, honestly, if you have multiple or just one in giving them a purpose and a role is to find somebody, maybe it's a cousin, maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's somebody, but that is younger than them that they can be a mentor to. And so even though I have four kids, my youngest 
she won't have the, uh, you know, capability of being an official big sister like her other three sisters are. But then we have three kids, two of which come over here in a family that we mentor and she helps take care of them. And another one, she's a big sister to um, in our community so that she gets that role, even though she doesn't biologically have that role. And so we all know that there's a lot of those um, Compassion International, Horizon International, all those things where you can adopt, uh, you know, kids overseas or what have you. And one of the ideas you can do is have each one of your kids, or if you just have one child, you can adopt one of those children and they can work throughout the month in order, you know, even vacuuming, helping you vacuum the car, helping, you know, walk, washing down some baseboards, if they're old enough, mowing the lawn or what have you, and earn the money to take care of that child and write letters back and forth. And they can see that they are taking care of and being a part of somebody else's life in the world. And that's a really great way to build up purpose for them. So I just wanted to make sure I said that. Um, But so esteem, esteem is value and appreciation of self. Uh, I think esteem, like a self-esteem, like so many other things today, the definition has kind of gotten, you know, a little convoluted and someone's like, oh, they put on a dress and they don't feel great. So they don't have great self-esteem, which is part of it, but that is not the root of what it is, right? What's happening there is someone puts on a dress or I don't know, a bathing suit or what have you, and they don't feel great in it because they're putting all of their worth into what they look like, right? So culture right now is especially telling us to value body and emotions and and fulfill those, you know, carnal needs, all of those things that is first, right? You listen to any commercial, you listen to, you know, you watch anything and it's just, oh, just do what you feel like you want to do. Just do this, look like this and you will feel good, right? Whereas our needs need to be filled more with, you know, uh, uh, faith or spirit and then self and then others in world. But the world's trying to tell us to turn that around. And then we're missing the actual basis that it needs to be. So if you try on a bathing suit and you don't look exactly like the way that you wanted to, which if you know, most of you listening to this are moms. I think we've all experienced that. Right. And so we try it on. And instead of looking in the mirror and saying, oh, I look terrible. So I don't have good self-esteem. Esteem is value and appreciation of self. And it is like, man, look at me. I am showing up. I am swimming with my kids. I'm not staying on the sidelines, right? I'm going to have fun with my family. And this body has done some pretty magical things, right? That I can't even begin to explain. So I value myself and man, do I appreciate the work that I put in to what this body has done and also where it's going because nothing is stagnant, right? Nothing is stagnant. Everything in the entire world universe is always moving and changing. And so you can value and appreciate that about yourself as well. So really fulfilling these needs, fulfilling your esteem and even your confidence, which is belief in yourself, but doing it from that faith first, right? That, that spiritual place first, and then uh, within yourself, your own mentality, your own mental strength. And then you can also find some things from the world and others around you. But that's the last thing, right? Um, it's not the first. So really, when we're talking about esteem, we want to come up with a way to think, right? 
And for our kids, because that frontal lobe right under the forehead is not working, you know, the way that it is in an adult brain, we need to help them come up with a system of thinking in order to get to a place that they trust themselves, they value themselves, they appreciate themselves. Wow. Yeah. I, you know, I guess I'm wondering, like, what, what are some like, actual things that we can help them do. Cause like, I was just thinking my confidence and self-esteem appreciation of self-value. A lot of that comes when I'm by myself, like with myself and, you know, like thinking about how I want to do things or dancing around my room or writing in my journal. And I still do all that. Like, you know, that is, that is when I am like, Oh, I enjoy hanging out with myself. I enjoy being with myself. I appreciate myself, like who I am, you know? Yeah. So, and so that for me, like being alone and doing those types of things, like kind of getting to know myself more of what I like and actually my brain think, you know, like, so how can we do, you know, I'm sure there's lots of other ways. So like, what, what can we do for our kids to actually foster pretty much that relationship with ourselves to really value and appreciate ourselves? So what, what would that look like with a kid? Well, when you think about it, a relationship and exactly what you're saying. So your esteem and what you're talking about is a relationship with yourself and you are deciding who you want to grow into, right? And all of these things and and exploring your likes and your gifts and all and your talents and all of these things, right? And so what is a relationship built out of? It is built out of truth and trust. That's what any relationship is built out of, including the one with yourself. So how can you build truth and trust with yourself? Well, think about just like a path that you're going down and you are building this and and you want to stay on the path, right? But you want to explore too. There's, I mean, life is all about exploration and and, um, adventures, right? But there's certain things that you want to create a boundary around. One of the things I really recommend with our families and with each individual person in a family, and you can do this when they're super young too, is figuring out what their values fence is. So go and you can Google any sort of you know personal or core values. Uh, Brene Brown has a great list out there. I love Brene Brown's work, um, but you can go on there. And I really suggest that you go through and help them if they need it. If they're older, they might not pick out three at most four, but really three. Our brains work well with three um, and pick out three things. And you can explain it to them like this. If you are out in the middle of a, uh, let's say the desert over in Africa, right? And the sun is starting to go down. Do you want to just huddle up on the floor and just be there and just, you know, say, hope nothing eats me tonight, right? Or would you rather be within a fence that's going to protect you? And of course, they're going to say, "Mm, I want the fence, you know, I like lions, but I don't want them munching on me. And so, uh, so that values fence is going to be your protection. This can change over time. Absolutely. And so I'll, I'll give you mine, just for example, our faith, integrity, and wisdom. And so for me, when I am approached by something, when I have some thoughts, when I have some intrusive thoughts, those happen all the time, right? When I am going through a situation before I make an action, I want to ask myself, is this in integrity? Is this in faith? Is this 
And is this wise, right? Is this in wisdom? Am I growing my wisdom or is it wise to do this? Whatever it is that I'm, I'm thinking about contemplating. And if it doesn't pass that litmus test of any of those, then it's out of here, right? So it's my way of protecting myself and growing trust in my own behaviors because we all know the outside world only knows the outside of you. So that is only your words and your actions. And once you do those words or actions, you lose all control over any fallout that come from them, good or bad. And I was going to say indifferent, but nothing's indifferent. It's either, right? It's one side of the pendulum or the other. And so we want to build trust within ourselves. So having that values fence around them is such a beautiful thing. And something as a parent, you can really, you know, bring up, you can even have these on the fridge. It's as easy as drawing, you know, a triangle on the fridge with boop, boop, boop. This is, you know, this is yours. And I really, really recommend that these are revisited three times a year um, at the beginning of summer, at the beginning of the school year, and at the beginning of the calendar year. So those are three big transition points for a lot of kids um, during the 6570. And so revisit it and see, did anything change? Do you want to keep these same values? Do you really feel like these are still your core values? And we have, and I, I teach all of this a lot more in my, my program, um, take the lead, but uh, you know, your, your core values feed into your core beliefs, right? And then your mindset is what feeds into the core values that feeds. So it's all this beautiful, you know, ascending uh, work that you're doing and building. Um, but that values fence is really, really valuable. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I like how you described it too. I think being able to explain something to a child like that really makes it so they can actually really think about, okay, what would protect me? Like puts them right. in that that. So I really love that um, visualization there. Um, I guess, what are some of the roadblocks that I guess people in general, but you know, our kids mm. are experiencing with esteem and really getting to that healthy place that, you know, us as parents want to help foster. And, you know, in, in reality that the teens and the kids, whether they know it or not really actually want to be there too. So what are some of the, the roadblocks that maybe um, would keep them from having like that good self-esteem. I think this is probably the biggest point where our cultural norms today have impacted, um, because these roadblocks have always been there, but because of the culture that we live in now, because of social media, because of the onslaught of the way that we live today, where everything is exposed all the time, these are very much exploded, which then makes those needs that we talked about earlier, you know, um, seen her love belong purpose makes them explode all the more. And so it's this kind of, um, a feedback mechanism loop that's going on. But these roadblocks that we are seeing happening are perfectionism, right? Every They're good enough. I need to be better. I need to be better. I need to be better, right? In order for me to have any light shined on me, I need to be better than the next person. So perfectionism is really, really a big problem today. And then we also have comparison, right? Again, these things have always been around, but they are magnified big time today because we're seeing everyone all the time and we're not seeing the real all the time, right? R-E-A-L, um, right? Because we 
because we keep seeing the reels, R-E-E-L, right? And so um, so these things, so perfectionism, comparison, people-pleasing, right? And then we also have identity shifting. And it is, well, I'm not getting enough out of this identity, so I'm going to switch to this identity. Well, uh, I don't know. I'm not getting enough out of this identity, so I'm going to switch to this identity. And, you know, I work with a lot of kids, adolescents in middle and high school, and you have some that you are like, wow. Three months ago, this was you. And now this is you. And now this is you. Who are you really? Like, who is it at your core? What do you value? What do you believe? And why are, you know, why is it coming out as this now and this now and this now? And they're always seeking something. They're always seeking that validation and that attention and that seen, heard, love, belong, and purpose. And they want to build that value and appreciation of self. They really don't trust themselves if they're constantly identity shifting like that, right? And let's face it, all four of those are really just different dialects of fear. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at life as this big arena and you are, you know, the, the ringmaster of the arena down there, we have to learn how to see these things, see fear, see identity shifting, see perfectionism sitting out there, right? Brene Brown uh, talks about this to some extent too, you know, see them sitting there and they even have reserved seats. You can usher them in and say, yep, you sit there. I know you're there and I'm going to do this anyway, right? I was just um, writing the other day about how I have developed in my uh, adult life, some fear of heights. I think it started... I don't know. I think it started at the Grand Canyon when I was there, like, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago. Um, but my hands just even right now, just saying it, my hands start to tingle. Like I get a physical sensation in my hands. And I was just at a youth camp as a leader um, a few weeks ago, and they had this um, uh, event or whatever you want to call it. But anyway, I got roped in and then you climb a ladder and then you climb a 30 foot pole. You get on this postage stamp of a piece of wood and you jump off. And, you know, my kids and my, my youth kids that were there, they're like, Oh, you know, Miss Nelly. And I was like, I got to do it because I'm scared. I have to do it. Right. I need to know that I can still do things that I'm riding. You know, I'm driving the bus. I am directing this show of my life. And I see fear there. I recognize you. I know what you look like. I know what you feel like, but I am not letting you drive this bus, right? And so that's what we're kind of talking about. And as parents, we can do that on a daily basis and not necessarily jumping off poles, but we can talk to our kids about overcoming fears of your own, which then helps to teach them how to overcome fears of their own, which you know brings us to vulnerability is one of the biggest tools that you can use in parenting. Do not try to be perfect as a parent. You will, you will like fail your kids in many ways if you try to be perfect as a parent, because then they will think that they have to be perfect as well. So we need to be messy. We need to screw up. We need to seek accountability. We need to ask for forgiveness and we need to jump off the pole sometimes too. Yeah, so true. Wow. Those were really good. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know where this fits in like the problems, but I also feel like, you know, maybe it's comparison, but you know, the always searching for more and never feeling like what you have, what you've created, what you've already built, who you already are is enough. Enough. Yeah. Such a, you know, I can just speak for us mothers, like 
that's like a daily thing of like, oh, like there's just, I have, there's always just something outside of what I'm doing right now that I, I just need to keep working towards or doing. And there's nothing wrong with having like things to reach for and do, but it's really important to, you know, love where we are. And so I right. think being able to do that as a mother, we can also teach our children that, Hey, you know, it's, it's awesome that you want to grow and do these things, but just remember that you're, you're great. Like you're, you're loved and, and worth it now too. Right. You know, as you're exactly. growing. Um, well, that was wonderful. Um, you know, I have, I have one question I wanted to ask, um, before we close up here. Um, so for the mom that feels like she's messed up or that she's afraid that, you know, she's squashed their self-esteem or their, you know, feelings of worth, you know, maybe she's gone through a hard time and, you know, wasn't her best self for years or, you know, different things like that. Like, you know, just a struggle. She just wasn't able to give or in her healing process, right. Right. Uh, Healing her own, um, wounds. Like what advice would you give to that mother and what hope would you give her as she desires to build that good esteem and worth in her children? Well, first of all, if you have those realizations and you, you understand, you know, I really wasn't the best for the past five, eight, maybe 16 years, right? Whatever that is, maybe more then you're on the right path, right? You're on the right path because recognizing now you just need to go and have real vulnerable conversations. And I've had to do this. So I completely understand, right? When I screw up and I do it quite often and I'm just like, you know, I'm sorry, that really wasn't the best, you know, decision on my part that really didn't uh, show my best character. And I just want to make it up to you because I I don't want my, uh, my issues to then become your issues. Right. And maybe you have some examples of how your parents, um, dealt with things. And then that has, you know, uh, that baggage has been passed down and you want to make sure that that baggage is now passed down to your child as well. So talk to them. Like I said, they're so much more capable of understanding and doing and giving and ideas than we really give them credit for. And so just have an honest conversation with them and leave the conversation with them knowing I got you. Like, I love you. I got you. And I want to help build this with you. First half of childhood parenting is all about building life for them, right? We're spoon feeding them life at that point. Second half of childhood parenting is all about coming alongside them and in this training arena of life and getting them ready to take the reins themselves, right? And so when you can do that and just come alongside them in your own messy humanness, then it will be okay. It will 100% be okay. Just be open and vulnerable and loving. I love that. Well, and I, you know, the, a lot of times people will say that our own children are what we need to actually heal our past, Mm. you know? So being able to recognize, oh, Hey, this needs to change. And I'm going to try to be different here is actually part of our healing too. Um, you know, it is, it is the partnership between, the, the kids and the parents, it's not just us, you know, working hard to raise someone like they're also changing us into better people as well. And 100% and helping us have that, um, self-esteem and confidence and, and worth in what we're doing as a parent. Yeah. So I always call my kids, my best teachers. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. 
Well, awesome. Well, um, thank you for sharing, um, what you did today. That was just really rich. And I I'm excited to go back and listen to this and, um, you know, really work on helping my children realize that they are of value, um, and Mm. making sure that I'm doing those things on a daily basis. Mm. Um, you know, and, and healing my own wounds and not trying to transfer them on if, you know, without even knowing that 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 would even be happening. Right. Um, so please tell us, I, I know that you have, um, a couple, um, things that you were like five things, your daughters need, you had, um, a couple other things, a Facebook community. Why don't you tell us where people can connect with you, some resources you have your website and things like that. Absolutely. Well, I like to keep it simple. Everything is on my website. So it's just NellieHarden.com. That's N-E-L-L-I-E-H-A-R-D-E-N.com. And so you'll find all of our communities on there. There's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook communities. Um, You'll be able to connect to those on there. There's resources on there. There is um, um, workshops on there. And then uh, any way that you want to connect with me as well. So you can go there and you can find it all. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. And ladies, I hope that you have been able to grab some nuggets today. I know that I have of just how to, to really put that in a focus to help raise our children, not only to just grow up, but also to be successful in their lives by feeling that they're worth something that they can appreciate themselves, really like themselves, because by doing that, they're going to avoid a lot of problems of trying to fill all those needs like Nelly was talking about. So I hope that you have a great rest of your day and we'll see you next Tuesday on the mom training podcast. Hey mama, thank you so much for hanging out with me and letting me be a part of your day. If you'd like to see how I apply some things that we talk about tips, some mom humor, or just to connect deeper, follow me on Instagram at Diana Ballard live. If this episode or any episode was helpful for you, please consider leaving me a review on Apple Podcasts. It's literally the lifeblood for a podcaster, and it helps me so much. If you'd like to learn more about me or mom training and how we can help you implement more things you learn here on the Mom Training Podcast to make life flow smoother, to be more fulfilled, and create and protect what you love, head to dianaballard.com. There are free downloads, online programs, our mom training membership with our monthly workshops and other resources to help you create the life you want. Thanks for tuning in. Know I'm always rooting for you and believing you. I am Diana Ballard and this is the Mom Training Podcast.